what is law school really like? There's a perception and then there's the reality. And on today's podcast, we have two experts. We have two current law students who are clerking at Hightower Ref Law to tell us all about what law school is really like versus what some of the perceptions of law school and law students are. Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower Henney. Joining us today are Hightower Ref Law's two current law clerks, Allie Heineman and Ahmet Bakurji. Welcome, Allie and Ahmet. Thanks for being on the podcast today. So, Allie's a second year at Creighton, right? Yep. And Ahmet, you're a third year. Yep. And I am a Creighton graduate, so I feel like um, go Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. Go Go Creighton. Yay. Um, And it's really fun to talk with you two about your experiences at law school because while it was 20 plus years ago I was in law school, it's it's still so much the same. And, you know, I think the perception of what law school is gonna be like and then the reality are very different. Do you it's find so that different. that's true? Yeah, it is so different than what you expect. What did you expect it to be like? I don't know exactly what I expected it to be like, but I don't know, it's just different. I think you go into it and you have this idea that I think I kind of expected it to be a lot like undergrad, and it is 100% different than that. In what ways is it different, do you think? I think the biggest thing for me is nobody tells you how to study for law school. It's a different (laughs) type of learning. Um, Your entire grade is one final at at the end of the semester. You don't have quizzes and tests and assignments in the middle of the year, so... I think you really have to keep yourself accountable to stay on top of the material because you have a whole semester's worth to do on one test at the end and that's it. Yeah. Did you have a perception of what law school was gonna be like, Ahmed? I, I did. I I think that it wasn't that much different than what I thought except that it was just extra. You know what I mean? Like it was like I knew there was gonna be a lot of reading, but I didn't know there was gonna be that much reading. Yeah. And I knew that it was going to be long, tough tests, but I didn't know they were gonna be that long and that tough. Yeah. And the amount of yeah. writing um, was also something that I wasn't prepared for, even though everybody told me it was a lot of yeah. writing. So And you two were both psychology undergrads, right? Yep. Right. So so you were doing some heavier reading than say like someone who's like an econ major yeah. like or because you can major in anything and go to law school and I found when I was in law school the people who were more businessy majors struggled more with the reading and writing workload than maybe people who were in a soft science or like poli sci or history or something like that so it's good to hear in my mind that even though there maybe aren't like paper books anymore, there's still a ton of reading because I, I had paper books when I was I think in law school. All, of our all books mine are paper books. books. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's online versions um, that you can buy as well, but the okay. paper books yeah. are where it's at. So Okay. So it's kind of, is it a choice then? You, you can choose paper? I don't even think, no. I think there's only a handful of classes that even offer the online books. Most okay. of them are yeah. still... It's usually hardcover, expensive textbooks. Right. Law, law is the last, um, the last thing to ever change. Yeah. Like the structure yeah. of law. Like everybody else is on eBooks. The lawyers are still highlighting, and 
We're just using the 20th edition of the exact same book yeah. for the yeah. exact same price. Yeah. You know, no, it's probably like the 100th edition because yeah. the cases are literally from last century. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's true. Um, and they're, they're just as expensive by today's dollars. So <laughs> yeah. that's nice. If not more. If not more. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what law school is just to give listeners an idea of you know, what classes people take, how the law school is structured. And, and granted, this is from the perspective of Creighton, but a lot of law schools are structured the same. You know, it's three years. Your first year is pretty standard. Like, you don't get to pick your classes when you're a first year. Yeah, they pick them for you. And I think, for the most part, almost every law school, you take the same first year classes. Yeah, the same first year classes, the foundational contracts, torts, civil procedure. Tort, you learn how to bake? I wish. That'd be way more fun. Wait, that's Who has time for baking in law yeah, school? Yeah. I know. What, so that was something I was like, torts. What, like, that's got to be an acronym. I really thought torts was an acronym. <laughs> like, T-O-R-T-S. It mean, what does that mean? So, tort, like, what's the best way to explain what torts are to people who don't know what we're talking about? Well, uh, so... Yeah, your second year you take criminal procedure and criminal law, but torts are civil law and violations of civil law that you can, um, and so you learn about intentional torts and negligence and things of that nature that um, require civil actions and the procedure and the elements required to prove all of those things. So like car accidents, you know, like, and then like when people think of like medical malpractice, workers comp, some of that fits into that torts umbrella. Like mm-hmm. someone was hurt because somebody did something or didn't do something. Right. And so that's like the foundation for some of those bigger areas of the law that are specialties that come later. So when you're a first year law student, it's like a lot of reading. And so much reading. <laughs> so much reading. And then, and then it changes a little bit when you get into your second year. So what, what is second year like these days at Creighton? So at Creighton, there's still a handful of upper level classes that are required, but you have the option to take them your second year or your third year. And then you get to pick um, a few of your classes. So you can kind of, you can do a different specialty tract or a concentration if you want, or some people just, I think, take classes all over the board to kind of find what they're more interested in. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't enough uh, variation. You can take, you can get concentrations as well in law school. So if you want to get a certification in litigation or family law or health law or something, you can do that. Yeah. So there's a bunch of classes you have to take to meet that requirement. I'm a health law um, certification, so I took a lot of health law classes, bioethics, and um, you know, insurance law, things like that. Um, but you my my second year was uh during covid when things were all online so it was a challenging time for me to do those i didn't get as much out of it probably as ali has um unfortunately yeah i remember my second year too was um i can't remember that there's like a saying like your first year they scare you to death scare you to death the second year they work you to death is that the one and then the third year you're bored to death right still waiting for that yeah Well, you've picked the right classes, maybe then. Yeah, then you're not yeah, going to get to the board today. Not, not bored at all. The death part might might check out, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. A, I feel like my second year was a lot of. Um, I took a lot of procedural classes, like I took Civ Pro uh, or Trial Advocacy. I took, um, yeah, Civil Proceed, Civil Procedure. Criminal. Criminal Procedure. procedure. Criminal procedure. 
I took pretrial advocacy. So that was civil, like a next level civil procedure. That was what it was. And so it was a lot of like, in theory, how is it supposed to be done? Mm -hmm. And second year is also a lot of times where people have gone out and worked in a law firm or for you know the government or something like that. And then they're coming back to the law school and they're like, huh, I have some real life experience now. And they're bringing that back to law school too. So that's a little bit of a change in the second year. And, yeah. and in first year too, most people don't work. Right. Yeah. And the second year, more and more the students are actually working. I had a lot of fun in my first year because I worked for so long before I went to law school that it was kind of nice to just sit and study. And so that was kind of a fun year. Um, really didn't work for the first time since I was 14 years old. And, wow. and it was nice to just be doing school all day. Plus there was the honeymoon period. You start law school, everyone's telling you how great you are. And that's wonderful. <laughs> Everybody outside of the law school, the professors never tell you how great you are. No, um, so. I'm still waiting. It's been 20 some <laughs> years, happen. half of them are dead. Right. <laughs> Not the half that I had still. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If any law professor ever tells you you're great, come and tell me and I'm going to go back and get them to tell me I'm great <laughs> because no one has told me yeah, that yet. They don't really work there. They're an imposter. Oh, okay. Yeah, if they great. Yeah. Um, and then third year, you, you're really kind of transitioning into thinking about the bar exam, thinking about what do I want to do when I'm done? But right. you still have classes and there's still all of that going on. So third year is hard because you've got to balance a lot of competing priorities. And yeah. I think there's a, and it, there's a separation. When you're your first year, everyone's taking the same classes. You can right. commiserate and study together. By the time you're a third year, your 1L study group has sort of gone in their different directions mm -hmm. a lot of times. And you've got classes with people who are t uh, 2Ls that you've never met. And so you're trying to balance that and working. Um, and then some people have figured out that they're going to go get an advanced law degree called an LLM, or they're going to go to, they're going to move, they're going to try to get a job in a different right. area. So people start to fractal off a little bit, and that makes it more challenging sometimes. Yeah. And when in the law school environment do they start talking to you about the bar exam? The because the, the bar is completely separate from school in that you take it after you graduate. Yeah. I think there's an emphasis on it the entire time that every class you have, especially the required ones that are on the bar exam, you're constantly reminded, hey, you need to know this, this is gonna be on the bar exam. And I think, especially, I think in the last couple years we've heard so much, at least I have all my teachers constantly Absolutely. emphasize, you really need to know this, you need to remember this, write this down, it'll be on the bar exam. Hmm. So that's very different from when I went to law school. I They did not start talking about the bar exam until second year, mid-second year, and then it was like, well, you should sign up for these bar review classes now because you can lock in the price, and if they raise the price, and that was really the only thing that the law school, there was no bar prep class built into law school. There, was, there wasn't an emphasis on taking certain classes because they helped you prep for the bar, nothing. I don't think that's too different than my first year. We had one meeting, as I recall, with the, the dean who was brand new at the time um, about sort of what that looks like, and it was sort of a, a university-wide uh, or a school-wide you know, meeting, so they talked about it. Other 3Ls were there, and then they didn't really talk about it, but COVID was kind of a game changer. I think yeah. everybody started really putting a renewed focus on it, and it's really all I've heard about after my second year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think since I started um, in the fall of 2020, so right after COVID was a big thing and changing everything, and I think law schools across the country saw drops in their 
um, passage rates just because of COVID and students were learning things differently. So I think with my class, they've tried to emphasize and try to prepare us from the beginning to kind of stay on top of things and learn these important things now so it's a little easier later. Yeah. So um, being a third year Amit, are you planning to take the Nebraska bar? I am. Yeah. yeah. So the bar exam is given twice a year nationwide the same days across the country in July and February. And so most people graduate from law school in late May, early June, have like one day of freedom and then they start studying for the bar. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then they take the bar at the end of July. So um, do you have a plan for how you're going to get ready for the bar exam yet? Um, I'm just not going to do it. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to plan I'm gonna, or you're no, I'm not going to take the bar. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm actually pretty terrified of it. I mean, I think it's because there's just so much writing on it and, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't think much in law school has been, terrifying or even like concerning other than maybe the first couple times I was uh, I entered a court appearance by myself with a lawyer sitting behind me um, but but the bar is is intimidating I mean it's two days it's a lot so I'm gonna start studying um, the day after uh, I you know the first Monday after I graduate yeah. um, because I think the bar prep course starts on June 1st, but I want to start a couple of weeks early because I want to build in a couple of breaks for myself throughout the summer there just from go. a mental yeah. standpoint because it's, it's tough to do the same thing. But if you treat it like a job, I hear, and you just kind of you know go through the process and, and trust it and trust your training, um, you should be okay. But you know, yeah. I, I'm not supposed to knock on the table because of the microphone, but I'll knock on some wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I always tell people, if you are consistent in your studying, you're not front-ending it or back-ending it, like you can stay consistent. And then I always tell people take practice exams because the bar exam has multiple choice questions on it. I didn't take a single exam during law school that actually had multiple choice questions. And they are like, here's a fact pattern that's half a page long and then the, the 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 then there's A B C D E F, and then there's like your choices A and D, D but not C, C and F, none of the above. Like it's like oh my gosh. So if you even for one second are not comfortable reading questions like that because you didn't take practice tests, it'll take you an hour just to read the question yeah, and understand what they're asking. Two hundred of those. So that's always that's scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, my one tip is uh, Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers okay. I lived on Jolly Ranchers during the bar exam. Okay. Like the actual, they, they were like, you can have candy, you can't, or like food, you just can't bring it in the room. So I would like go out, eat my candy, come back in. And it was Jolly Ranchers for some reason. That worked for me. Any particular flavor I should green. stock up on? Green. Green. Okay. The best flavor. Oh, I don't know. Green, what is green sour apple? or Green what apple. Is, green apple. Oh, no. I'm hard pass. What's your favorite Jolly Rancher? <laughs> Anything but green apple. I'll probably cherry. Well, we yeah. could share a pack. Okay. I could take the green. And Allie could take the green. You can have okay. anything but. Back in my day, they used to put it in Zima. That would probably help for the bar exam. <sighs> you and I, we could tell some stories. Ahmed and I are, are the same genre yeah. era yeah. same age and yeah Zima's and Jolly Ranchers yeah. non-podcast appropriate stories about Zima I'm sure mm. yeah um, 
uh, Boone's Farm, Stra- Strawberry Hill or whatever right. that was called. Mad Dog 2020. There were a bunch of really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Man, I didn't ever have Mad Dog 2020. I didn't either, but uh, yeah. Some of your friends did. Though, some right? of my friends yeah, some did. Of my yeah, friends. of course. Yeah. I was I was the good one who did not have any. You were driving, so of course right, not. Exactly. Of course. I was busy studying for law school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not knowing you were going to go. Knowing I was going to go twenty years ago, right? Knowing you were probably going to go to medical school. Right. Right. Yeah. So, do as a law student do do other people ask you like, oh, I'm thinking about going to law school. What do you think? Should I go? Shouldn't I go? What are the you know? Do people ask you that? I think I've been asked a few times by people who are a year or two years younger than me what I think of it, what it's like, and I mean, I'm very honest with them. I tell them that it's, it is harder than you think it's going to be, um, but if it's something you really want to do, it's, it's a means to an end. It's worth it in the end if it's really what you want to do. Yeah, nobody cares about my opinion, um, so <laughs> nobody asked me. I do. Interviews. Your friends are all like, "Amit, you're starting a new career, and right. we're all like they're, buying retirement homes." They're in telling me Arizona. what am I thinking? They know they've got to pick up drinks for three years because I can't afford to. So yeah. So that's uh, that's their contribution to my my pain. But <laughs> I do interviews for my undergraduate institution for students. So um, a lot of those people are in high school and they are interviewing to go to. Oh, okay. I went to Emory University in Atlanta. And so I do interviews for potential undergrad students for Emory. Okay. And a lot of those kids will talk to me. A lot of them are pre-law. Sure. And, and so they'll talk to me and I'll tell them, you know, look, I can relate to you because I'm going to school with people only a few years older than you. And so, you know, I know what the path has been for them and how it's been. And um, so those are the only times I've had those conversations. And I'm in the thick of it. So I... Uh, like most law students would probably tell people, you know, hey, it's a lot of work, but I, I also have a, a longer perspective and I've said, you know, look, I would definitely rather do it right after college than doing it when you've had a career. It's a lot, you know, you don't have yeah. children usually and you're not married, so there are advantages yeah. to being able to focus as much as you really need to to be successful in law school. Is there anything about law school that once you got in it and once you got going that kind of surprised you that you're like, I didn't expect this, right? I didn't think it was going to be like this. I think overall the workload, like Amit said, I knew it was going to be a lot of reading, but then once you're actually in it and you're constantly reading, you know, 50 to 75 pages every single night, and it's, I mean, a lot of your first year classes, it's not super fun reading either. It's really dense. It's not very like dense. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be prepared to be called on, and so you have to know it all. So I think just the amount of reading and then even legal research and writing, the amount of writing and it's a different type of writing. And so I think just the workload in general is just more than you think it's gonna be. Yeah, very much so. I think it's important to, there are ways like in every grad school program that make things easier, like learning about Quimby before you go to school is probably a good idea. What's Quimby? Quimby is this wonderful new thing that wasn't probably around more than a few years before, but it it is. Amit, there wasn't cell phones when I went to Yeah, so it's on those newfangled interwebs now uh, now have this thing where you can sign up for it and it briefs every single case in every single textbook for you. So you can just, download those read the briefs Mm -hmm. and have them printed out in nice little and there's videos that go through and explain Paul's graph for you know Pearson v post the yes, big cases the big that cases, you always but even the small even cases even the smaller cases so, yeah so you like plug in the case name and then yeah you just type in blank v blank and then you get the rule the facts the opinion the dissent and a nice condensed quick version yeah are professors supportive of this are they 
I don't know that they're not supportive of it. I don't think any of them at the beginning are like, hey, just read Quimby. You don't have to read the textbook. But yeah, and I reading think, Quimby is not easy either. I mean, no, it's still yeah. a pretty dense, you know, stuff. Yeah. If you just try to go, the professors, when they cold call, they don't ask questions in nice, easy, like, what no. was the fact? They'll ask you, how is this different than another yeah. case? Yeah. So you still have to, you know, analyze the situation and, and put it together. Um, but it's funny because a lot of the professors, I don't know if they were like this for you, Allie, but there were some professors who still have rules about not being able to use your laptop in class. Like they want you to take hand notes because a lot of studies have shown that you retain things better if you handwrite them. So yeah. there are professors who won't even let you have your laptop. Uh. Um, so, But it does put you at a disadvantage if you don't know that Quimby's there. So you can either print them out or have them on your laptop. Yeah. Uh, I would still recommend doing the readings, but it's nice to have yeah. a backup. Yeah, I think it's a good helper, but it's yeah. definitely not a replacement for actually mm, no. reading. I did, like I said, I started law school during COVID, so I think they kind of gave up on the no right. laptop policy right. because it wasn't exactly an option. Yeah. So it, this is a like a you subscribe to Quimby? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think okay. it's like twenty dollars a month, right? Something yeah. like that, but it's one hundred percent worth it. Huh? Absolutely. I learned something new today. <laughs> there you go. Very cool. One of the things that I found really different when I went to law school is, so I had taken um, two years off between undergrad and law school. And when I went to law school, I thought, um, I thought I would be surrounded by people who were really, really scholarly, very smart, very studious, pretty serious people. Um, and. I wasn't really like that, so I was a little nervous thinking like, I'm gonna be, I, I felt like I would be kind of looked at as kind of a outsider. Um, I, I definitely was more of a practical person always, you know? And so when I got to law school initially, um, you know, you get, to, you get your little friend circle, but then you start meeting everyone, and I was like, huh, some of these people are some of the most strange people, um, eccentric people, definitely not all scholarly people. And in fact, I think there's a lot of people who end up in law school who are kind of like, kind of have like fringe opinions on things, who are a little eccentric in ways that border on um, Criminal, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Some of the crazy. stories you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a guy in our law school class who was a little bit older, who had been a career military person and military intelligence, and he ended up out with us at the bar one night, and he was always pretty quiet, and he started loosening up, and we were like, "Oh, this is fun," you know. We're kind of seeing a, a more casual side of our friend, and. Then he just went off on somebody when they disagreed on something, and he he basically said, "I could tie you up and and cut your fingers, like oh my basically gosh. do this torture technique on you in in three seconds flat, and no one here would be able to protect you, and so you better just shut up or something." And we were all like, "Okay, all right, never drinking with him again." Yeah. <laughs> like he lost it, right. and like like stormed out of the bar and like never ever socialized with us again after that. No, That's we've got, crazy. We've got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got some interesting characters. Yeah. And and I think law because it does give you 
like this wide variety of things that you can do when you're done that it does attract all sorts of different kinds of people. Yeah, and I think because to go to law school there's not there's really no requirements, there's not a set major you have to have whereas like medical school or dental school things like that they're mostly biology or chemistry majors, stuff like that. But law school, you can do anything. So you have people who already came from Mm -hmm. a wide background. You could have, like my best friend in law school, she was a math major. Yeah. And then just, yeah, so you have all different sorts of people. Yeah. Yeah. And people coming from different careers too, like they've they've done something for a while and they've decided they're they're gonna change over. There was a, a couple teachers in my law school class. Yeah, yeah. we have a couple as yeah, well in yeah. our class. I've, my, my brother-in-law is a police officer, he's been a police officer for 25 years and I'm trying to get him to go to law school. He'd be fantastic at it and he's just, he's a, a great guy. Um, we had a, a people like that. We had a cop in our class too. Yeah. He's at the AG's office now. It's nice because they could give perspective to things yeah. and, and that's a really important thing because if there's one limitation of law school because a lot of people come straight from college, there's maybe a lack of perspective and I mean, Susan, you and I have talked a little bit about people who maybe haven't, you know, law school teaches a lot of theoretical, but there's a, a definite um, deficiency sometimes as it relates to practical experience and practical learning in law school, just because of the way it's structured. Yes. And that's a good thing uh, that it's that focuses on the thing you won't be able to get out there. And there are some checks in place, like Ali talked about with the LSATs and GPAs to let you into law school. But probably, I mean, it's a fine line to walk between getting a diverse class that has a lot of experience but having a minimum competency level that um, yeah. will make it easier for everybody to learn. And sometimes that's a, a moving target. Yeah. Well, this has been really great to talk to two current law students and take me back to my days of <laughs> studying in the basement of the law library at Creighton. Probably hasn't changed one bit since then. Yeah. The I did hear Classrooms they're, they're no. going to do a facelift on the law library. Oh. Or like a reno or something. Right after we leave. That, yeah, that after we're out. done. Yep. Yeah. 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 When I was there, it was brand new. Um, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, the library is actually, I, I love the library because I think it. It's probably the best part yeah. of the school. The classrooms could definitely use yeah. a, uh, a facelift. No windows, dark walls. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, spoiler, the moment you graduate, they're just going to start asking you for money. And you could say, like, I'll only give you the money if you update the classrooms. Right. <laughs> but then Absolutely. what benefit do you get? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, yeah, Creighton's pretty good about that. Yeah. Asking you for money yeah. <laughs> right after you graduate. I find that that seems to be a department that's fairly well funded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're never short staffed. No, no, no they yeah. always have your number. I mean, if you want to apply for your address and, and uh, for the bar exam, just ask the place you went to undergrad. They'll know where you are. Yeah, so, they'll find you. Yeah, they'll find you. So uh, next step is the bar exam, and then lawyerhood. And lawyerhood. Yeah, and they actually give you a hood. And they <laughs> at graduation. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And this year, uh, because COVID, hopefully things kind of stay where they're at, and we'll be able to have in-person graduation. Last year, uh, the, the class that graduated were only um, allowed to bring two people. Oh no! You know, and so yeah. I've got two kids and my wife and my parents, and I'd like them all to come. It'd be really yeah. hard to pick, you know, just two people. Well, we're looking forward to that celebration for you, Amit, this spring, and for you, Ali, next spring, and it'll come so fast. I hope so. (laughs) She's like, yes. It'll feel like forever. It'll feel like forever, but yeah. So uh, thank you for your time today. This has been really great. I'm sure that we all have studying to do or projects or whatever. So uh, go Blue Jays. Go Blue Blue Jays. Jays. 
Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.